Hey, what's up, Soul Sanctuary community? My name is Jordan, and with me is Mike, our discipleship director, and we are back as we are in our Sunday series talking about why we do what we do on Sundays. Uh, we've talked about why we gather. We've talked about why we sing. Uh, we've talked about why we preach on Sundays. We've talked about this last Sunday, Mike uh, delivered our preaching, and it was on why we pray. And so welcome back to the podcast. We're going to dive into the topic of why we pray a little bit deeper uh, today. And Mike, maybe I'll send it right off to you for uh, for a bit of an intro and summary. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I guess the, the summary uh, really simply put would be, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why we pray and a lot of valid reasons why we pray. Like I kind of started off, you know, making light of this idea that we tend to view prayer as kind of the means of getting what we want and you know more of a spiritual slot machine mm -hmm. um but the reality is like praying for wants and and felt needs like is a very valid reason as to why we pray but i uh i introduced uh two reasons as to why we pray and put forward kind of how these might actually be the primary reasons for why we ought to pray uh and the first and uh I don't know if I want to say most important one, but out of the two, one of the most important ones uh, is intimacy with God. God mm -hmm. desires, as our Father, uh, desires a, a deep, intimate, familial relationship with us and how that's uh, seen in in the relationship Jesus has uh, with with his Father and how he commends you know, his disciples to to begin their prayer with our Father. Uh, something that would have been very scandalous at that that time, uh, thinking of God as your father. Mm -hmm. And so God deeply desires that that intimate relationship with us. And it's through prayer, it's through that conversing, that speaking and listening, uh, like that that grounds every good relationship, communication, right? Um, prayer opens up that avenue for that kind of intimacy with God. Uh, and then the the second reason why we pray is is for your for his kingdom to come in in uh, uh, the Lord's prayer that that Jesus puts forward is to you know here's how you can pray uh, the next line is Father your kingdom come and how from a deep place of intimacy we actually see in the life of Jesus we see at the beginning in Genesis with uh, you know the original humans Adam and Eve the the call to from this place of intimacy. To actually then partner with God to bring about His His good kingdom, mm. uh, and so for our prayer life, uh, it's not just about an intimate relationship. You know that is that is primary, and that is like the best thing that that we can experience in our prayer life is intimacy with God. But then God wants to invite us into uh, and out into seeing His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, and then I dove into. A couple of ways of, of okay well how then do we pray uh and i i grounded the first uh one with a, a c.s lewis quote um where he says we're to pray what's inside us not what's not there and and kind of realizing that we're, we're god wants us to pray as we can not as we can't so we pray what's inside of us uh i looked at 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 Job and and the Psalms and how th these are deeply raw and emotional prayers, they weren't worried about offending God and coming to Him with, 
you know, airs of, of reverence. They, they just laid it out all on the table in honesty. And it's, and it's in honesty when we give God what's inside of us in prayer, where that intimacy really begins uh, to happen. Uh, then we t- we're to pray alone. We see this in the prayer life that Jesus puts forward, presumably like in Luke 11, uh, the teaching text that, that we looked at, uh, a disciple saw Jesus praying. And from that, it was motivated to be like, Lord, teach us to pray. And so right. he clearly saw Jesus somewhere off in the distance praying in a way that was just that he would have been unused to. And, and he's like, help us pray like that. Um, and we see throughout the Gospels, Jesus regularly going away alone to, to pray, um, which would have been a very common prayer practice as well for, for uh, people at that time as well. So we're to get alone and be with God. And it's, it's hard to cultivate intimacy when we're never alone with that person we want to be intimate with. Yeah. Uh, and then the last point of, of how we're to pray, we're, we're to pray with others. We're, we're encouraged throughout Scripture to, to pray for one another, uh, to come to one another in confession, in prayer, prayers of healing. Um, and when Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer uh, in his Sermon on the Mount, he talks about uh, how he introduces it is, is our Father. And this idea, well, it's not just about you know, who God is to me and who I am to God, this father child, but who we are to each other. We're actually siblings in this and we're to work together and, you know, pursue that intimacy with God together as well as alone. We're to pursue mm-hmm. his kingdom come together. Um, and so we're, yeah, we're to, we're to pray together. And so that was, uh, that was it, I guess, in a nutshell. Let's go. The, the synopsis. I like it. The five minute version. Yeah. Not every Sunday sermon is going to be five minutes, y'all. Now it's good. Mike, maybe speak a little bit to um, speak a little bit to how praying at the cross on a Sunday ties into your, um, you know, the, the structure and outline that you've given. And I think of it this way, like sure. maybe you could even speak directly to the person who, who's never gone to the cross. Uh, who doesn't go to the cross regularly? Uh, what what what's your word about you know praying together and and praying together at the crosses? You know when we gather as a church on a Sunday. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say my initial kind of response to that would be along the lines of of praying what's inside us, uh, mm-hmm. not what's not there. And and I mean a lot of times. Um, I mean, Paul says in Romans that, you know, we often don't know what we should be praying for. And so the spirit kind of intercedes in that moment on, on our behalf through through groanings. Um, I, I think the reality is we we often don't have the words to even say uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to praying about a certain situation or, or, or whatever. Um, and I think that's one of the that's one of the joys and supports that God invites us into when he, when he calls us to, to pray with one another. It's like, okay, well, if you don't, if I don't have the words to pray for this particular situation, I know I can go to my, my brother or sister in Christ, um, and share with them this situation. And, and God, God wants to work for our good through, through others. Um, and we, and we can really only experience that if we're uh, bold enough, courageous enough, and obedient enough to step out and actually ask other people for for prayer. Um, 
yeah, that, that would be, I'd say my, my encouragement, uh, for sure. Going, going to the prayer or going to the cross is actually praying with someone is, is, uh, if you, if you don't really have the words yourself, there, there are others who God happily wants to, wants to work through, uh, to lift, lift you up in, in prayer. Yeah, that's good. As you're speaking, it reminds me of, um, you know, it's, it's been like a tough summer, I would say, uh, for me on a personal front and, uh, just navigating some things and working through some things. And, you know, one, I recall one evening in particular, um, and I can, it's funny, I can tell it with a smile now, but it's like a pretty painful experience. Uh, I look back and I'm lying in bed after just like a brutally tough day and tough evening and my wife's lying next to me and then lauren was like to me like jordan like you know we we should pray kind of before we go to sleep uh not uncommon for us it's kind of regular practice but uh i was i think reluctant to pray and she was just like not letting me not pray that night and so i think i sat there probably in silence for a very long time um and then finally i just uttered the words lord have mercy and that was my prayer that night it was just like lord have mercy um have mercy on me in this time because that dude like that's all that was inside um you know i think i um i, I there was probably anger directed at god and, and frustration um surely overwhelming uh me in that moment and when when push came to shove uh number one i thank god for my wife and her you know drawing that out of me being like it is actually important that we take a moment jordan and and um give this to the lord and you're gonna do it and I'm going to be here next to you. Um, but yeah, all that came out was Lord have mercy. And I think that that that's okay. That's our prayer sometimes, right? Yeah. That's what's inside. There was, Jordan was not manufacturing anything that evening. Uh, what came out is, is all I was feeling. And uh, yeah, so totally relate to that. And uh, I yeah. do, I do love that. Yeah. I mean, there's like, like, again, going back to the Psalms, like there is just some like, like if if we really think about it, like borderline heretical like stuff in there, right? Like just complete pain, rawness. Like I can't remember which psalm it is, but it's essentially this: the psalmist is crying out to God after uh, I think it's like Babylon uh, takes over right. uh, Jerusalem. Oh, and, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and the, and the psalmist cries out, like Lord, like smash their babies on the rocks mm, yeah you know because that's that's what clearly happened to them when when babylon comes and sacks jerusalem right and that's and it and that's it and then it, mm -hmm. the prayer stops like that's and and this isn't this isn't in, in the bible this is scripture um just there's no peaceful they lived happily no, ever after on the end no exactly. nothing yeah nothing and it, it's so real like like the the bible has to be one of the most is is the realest of of documents out there that expressing kind of the whole spectrum of of human experience and and emotion and uh yeah that that idea of again going back to that that c.s lewis quote of you know it's it's about praying what's inside us not what's not there it's it's about mm -hmm 
praying as we can, not as we can't. And so if, if, if it's just a, a two word prayer wrapped up in frustration, anger, you know, depression, doubt, um, then, then that's actually what God wants us to, to bring. He doesn't want us to fabricate, you know, put on our, our, I mean, that's, and that's kind of the unfortunate Christian culture that, that had developed and maybe we're coming out of now is, you know, like staple those smiles on our face, put on, put on our Sunday best so that we're right. in front of God. Uh, when, when God really just wants us to be honest, open and real. Like if, if my, if my kids come to me and there's something clearly bothering them, uh, I want them to tell me exactly what it is. I don't want them to beat around the bush. I don't want them to be like, Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, it's fine. It's like, no, no, I want you to tell me, you know, what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the same with, uh, with our heavenly father. So. You, you know, you bring up a, you, as we talk about the Psalms, you bring up a, an idea, um, the idea of praying scripture. And this is often like pastoral uh, insight that I, I give to people is, is not just reading your Bible, but praying the scripture. And um, I think that there's, there's a number of things there. Okay. So at the cross on Sundays, I often have found myself praying scripture over those that I uh, am ministering to at the cross. And uh, I find that there's, there's just something powerful about recognizing the character of God and the promises of God while we approach God. Like, it's almost like we need to like get in, we, we need to, have an awakening as to who we're actually talking to, who we're actually addressing. And we know the one God that we're addressing by his word. And so by praying scripture, uh, we are, we are rightly, I think, directing our prayers to the one who is X, Y, Z, whatever those scriptures say about him, you know, as, um, as people often pray for comfort, I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, the beginning of Second um, Corinthians, where Paul prays for that the God of all comfort, um, you know, would uh, or that God has comforted. God is the God of all comfort, and He has comforted Paul through the ministry of the Corinthians. And I think that's such a beautiful picture of like what how God operates. Right, He brings comfort through others, and working that into our prayers is an acknowledgement of that reality. I mean, I think that that example is a very like surface level one it's just scratching the surface as to what praying the scriptures can actually be or what praying the scriptures can actually do uh would you share your experience with that a little bit more talk about it a bit yeah i mean yeah that's i mean people have been praying scripture for for thousands of years right i mean the the psalms are literally the the worship and prayer book of 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 the jewish faith in the times of Jesus, these were the prayers that he was praying. I mean, when he, uh, when Jesus was on the cross mm-hmm. and, and he calls out to God in prayer, he's actually quoting, I can't remember which Psalm it was uh, off by heart, but my God, Psalm my God, why are you forsaken me? Yeah. Bro, yeah, how crazy it. is it that my Bible's open to Psalm 22 right yeah. now? I'm not even yeah. joking. <laughs> my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far yeah. from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. Who that's hitting. And it's like these, these, th- and I mean, maybe it's different for them, 
back then because they would have they would have memorized all of this. Mm-hmm. So this this yeah. would have been internal. And and when you've made something like this internally yours, it almost just it just flows out of you as if it's your own. Uh, mm. as if it's your own prayer. I think, I mean, my, my experience with it when I was younger, um, and I see, I see this still today with, with our kind of culture of, you know, the importance of authenticity and, and, you know, I, I think I've noticed in others as well as myself that if I'm, if I'm praying to God, it actually, it has to be my words because if it's not my words, it's, it's not authentic. Um, and that's just so far from from the truth. Uh, we're given the gift of Scripture. We're given the gift of you know the prayers of the saints throughout throughout church history. Um, N.T. Wright uh, in his book Simply Christian uh, on his chapter, I believe, on prayer, he he brings this up about you know praying Scripture, about praying the prayers of of other Christians throughout history. Uh, and how important it is because we're actually again it's it's praying with it's this idea of praying with one another just across time now yeah. um and any it's this is a paraphrase but but it, it hits so hard he, he basically says that um if we think otherwise if we think we can't pray the words of others and it has to be our words it it smacks more of pride than anything mm-hmm. else and and I just remember reading that for the first time, and it's like okay, that that really I think convicted me that okay, it, it doesn't actually have to be one hundred percent my words all of the time. Yeah, of course. Um, and and so then going to to scripture as a bit more of a of a prayer practice and praying through the Psalms uh, became a little bit more habitual for me, especially if. Um, you know, in, in kind of a desire to maintain somewhat of a consistent, you know, prayer life with God, you know, at times, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have words or I'm like, I don't even know what I should be praying for right now. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to pray the words of a Psalm and it might not necessarily speak directly to anything in my life, but you know, the, the amount of times that I've been praying through a Psalm, and been like, oh, I, I know a few people are going through this. Or mm-hmm. even if it's not personal, I know this tragedy that happened over on this side of the world. And, and that's exactly what they're going through. And so this this is my prayer then for them through the words of of the psalmist. So yeah, it's yeah. It's, uh, it's powerful stuff. I'm uh the older I get, <laughs> the older I get, the much less interested. I become in being original in pretty much everything. Hmm. I think mm-hmm. I, I I know for myself, like for sure there was a, um, I'm going to call it like a youthful desire to be original. Now I get it. I'm 30. Thank you. Everyone who's listening to the podcast. <laughs> I get it. I'm young. Thank you. But there was just like, like a youthful desire for originality. And I think, you know, it's a part of like the make a name for yourself, like be creative. Creative expression is like, like, who are you kind of like that search of that, that identity based search in growing up. But I just like, it's become so much less interesting to me to be something original. I'm much more interested in just being someone who's faithful uh, and that faithfulness, I mean, 
what a way to to find it or to achieve it than by just rooting myself in this in the tradition of the christian faith in the history of the christian faith in followership to jesus that so many other people have tried to be faithful to and that is just so attractive to me now so when we talk about you know praying the psalms i'm like yeah you know i do not have to conjure up any image i don't have to conjure up any you know um verbiage as to which to impress god uh, but I can just rely on those who've gone before me. And man, that is, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be. Yeah. And it's like, it's, this isn't, I don't think this is, this is never us saying that, oh, you know, God just, God doesn't want our original thoughts or original prayers. Like I think, surely, yeah. uh, you know, the, like um, imagine what praying a Psalm could potentially lead to, you know, th- on, in our own words, right? And, you know, Jesus's prayer that he teaches his his disciples, I mean, yeah, you know what, In if you don't have the words and you want to sit down and take 30 seconds to center yourself on the presence of God, you know, praying the Lord's Prayer is a nice, quick, easy 30-second thing to say, but it's also an incredibly powerful, you know, kind of prayer framework that if you want to mm-hmm. go, like, if you want to spend an hour in prayer, like you can, you can do that pretty, pretty easily just kind of, okay, I'm going to stop our father. Okay. I'm going to spend like five minutes just meditating and, and praying to God as my father or Hallowed writing or drawing or, writing, or crafting or dra- lyrics. Exactly. Yeah. Like Man, we not... defend the creatives on this podcast. We defend yeah. the creatives, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's powerful when, when, I mean, it's like, it's what you said, like you're, we're standing on this, mm. this is foundational, but God invites us then to kind of build on top of that. Right. And, uh, yeah. it's a pretty strong foundation if that's what we're, we're building on. So. Ooh, that's good. Uh, okay. Another, uh, question for you, you, you talked about, um, you know, you mentioned in your summary, but expanded maybe a little bit more in your uh, sermon on Sunday, talking about praying your kingdom come and praying into um, God's kingdom. And I think, again, also you critiqued like the slot machine prayer. Often we pray for personal circumstance. That is what we're, we're praying for. We're like the we're like Israel praying for deliverance, but just like always and constantly and praying for provision, which again, I mean, Jesus illustrates in the Lord's prayer, but so much of our prayers are self-focused on circumstantial things. And I think this notion of, of praying your kingdom come can take us out of like cyclical robotic type circumstance based prayers and actually give us a greater vision as to what God is seeking to do in the world and even in our lives. Uh, Often I, I talk about, you know, are we praying for circumstantial changes in our lives that kind of like blow with the wind or are we praying for the character to to the cultivation of character to withstand circumstantial changes. Uh, One being like, again, not that there's anything wrong in praying in our circumstance, but I think we often get stuck there. 
Yeah. Praying your kingdom come draws us into a bigger picture of what God's trying to do, what God is on about already doing, and that he has been doing since the resurrection of Jesus and, and since the beginning of time in the world and in our lives on a greater level. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Uh, what 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 made you actually, what made you include that as one of the key points of, of the sermon? Cool. Praying about it, <laughs> maybe. Sure. Um, no, the I mean, God, Jordan, it was God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God told me to to do it. No, I think uh, I think the primary reason, or one of the primary reasons that that motivated me to include it was when I dove into into scripture and and I talked to, uh, about this uh, on Sunday. We catch glimpses of of Jesus praying and and the direct result of that praying is his continuing of bringing about God's kingdom. And so I I I noticed that you know that's not that's not coincidence. Like there like when when I uh read that um verse in Matthew 1 I think it is where Jesus gets up early in the morning to go out and pray and his disciples are running around like, oh, man, we've lost Jesus. Where is he? He's always oh, up on the hilltop. And they go to him and like, Jesus, everyone's been looking for you. And uh, he he straight up says, he says, let's go now to to the other towns uh, to to preach. That's why I came out. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think in the past, I, I looked at that verse and, and just assumed that it was Jesus saying, well, that's that's why I came to earth was to do this. Um, but I think we can localize it a lot more to know like this is why I came out to pray is because I, I needed to see and hear from my father what it is that he's doing and wants me to partner in with him to do. Um, and I also think that it, again, like it just, it, it speaks back to God's original desires for humanity uh his desire for humanity is is co-laborers not not just uh puppets not mm-hmm. not just these robots who who just give him prayer or glory uh he actually wants humanity to partner with him in building his creation and seeing his kingdom come uh and how, yeah, and how else do we do we partner with God in doing that if it's not through prayer, if it's not yeah. conversing with him and, and like Jesus seeing, you know, like, again, I, I brought this one up on, on Sunday as well. And John, when he says, I, get, I only do what I see the father doing and, and the father shows me what it is he's he's doing. It's like, well, he he he, he does that through prayer. Yeah. He he asked God, okay, well, who do I need to be ministering to? And and so I, I think I was just I was really intrigued by these instances throughout the gospels where it's like, okay, I think we're actually being given us little snapshots into uh part of the reasons as to why Jesus is praying. Mm-hmm. And and if Jesus needed to pray to to kind of know what he should be doing and partnering with God on, then man, I better believe I need to be doing that. And I and I and I confess, like I don't I don't nearly do it enough as a, as I should. Like there's, I think there's a quote, I, and you probably know this one better, uh, having read 
Martin Luther's autobiography or the Luther biography or autobiography. But I, I think it was, this is a quote of his where it's like, oh, I, I have so much to do today that mm-hmm. I can't help but spend two hours in prayer. I think he says three, but yeah, oh, three. yeah. <laughs> like I, I have to start. I have so much to do that. I have to start in a long period of prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, in our day and age of, of just go, go, go efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Um, I think we, we tend to forget that efficiency doesn't mean effectiveness. Yeah. And so when, mm-hmm. when we, uh, when we go before God and and, and go, Lord, I, I don't want to be efficient for you. I want to be effective for you. Mm. And so, and I know the only way to do that is, is by doing what you're already doing. Yeah. Uh, like Jesus did. And so, you know, I humbly ask that you just show me what it is that you want me to do. I mean, there's, there's like other verses as well, where it talks about how uh, I think this is Galatians or, or Philippians where, where Paul says, you know, we are God's workmanship. We're his masterpiece. And we've been created. Uh, God has prepared good works for us to do. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, how how do I even know what those good works are that He wants me to do if I'm not asking Him about those, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that that would probably be the the reason for for your kingdom or the the idea of why we pray being your kingdom come. And again, like, and, and you touched on this a little bit, I think, as well, but. It's it's not just it's not just I mean we tend to I think in our day and age and our individuality we've we've kind of turned it into it's all it's all really just about me, um, but I think once God wants to see this your kingdom come is is a two sided coin where um, yes God wants to work through us for the good of others but He also wants to work and and cultivate us as well so it's about God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven outside of us, but it's also a a moment to, to pray, well, your kingdom come on earth inside of me as it is in heaven. Like you talked about like that character, that character building, Um, you know, it's, it's about Lord, I I want to be more like Jesus. And that means the, the kingdoms that I'm holding on to, you know, in my heart, I need to focus my prayer then on your kingdom come rather than mine or or whichever's kingdom I'm I'm putting in my in my mm-hmm. soul. Um and then from there, like if 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 we're not pursuing God's God's kingdom internally, we can't really pursue it externally. But at the same time, we can't we can't just start it, it's kind of a both and, you know, we're working on God wants to work on bringing his kingdom in our lives and in the world at the same time. It's not, yeah. okay, well just, you know, go be a hermit for two and a half years. Let's do that. Let's do that important soul work in you first before you're good enough to, to see my kingdom come out in the world. That that's not at all how God Dude, operates. But, that, that is such a misconception about how God operates that is so it's prevalent in I think Western church communities in general. I mean, I'm gonna give a shout out to to my Mennonite brothers and sisters and just having worked with so many young youth coming out of Mennonite context, it's just constantly coming up that God has to get me right before he uses me for his glory. And I see this chiefly expressed in the refusal to get baptized. You're, you're a Christian, you're an adult Christian, 
and you you believe in like Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but you have not followed him into the waters of baptism. I'm telling you, man, I, I, there's a lot of baggage that comes with baptism on a number of fronts, but it it's often rooted in this understanding that I'm not the person that I am supposed to be yet. Therefore, I need to get to that stage before I could be publicly baptized in my life as a witness and testimony to what God has done and what God has do. I mean, what God has done, because they see it very much. So many see it. This is what God has done, not this is what God is doing. You know, right. we enter into the waters of baptism as imperfect people. But right. that the notion that you're getting at there, I've seen that play out so many times and again. And it is something that God God is in the business of re, like actively redeeming brokenness in us and using that active process of repair to redeem brokenness in our world. And right. yeah, you know, if you're I won't. Yeah. Like if you're you know, struggling in the midst of something, we're not going to have you lead the support group for that group yet, if you haven't seen victory over it or whatever, right? But at the same time, he absolutely is on about using you um, despite your imperfections and despite the fact that you are not at this 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 place of wholeness yet and I, that man we need yeah. to wrap our heads around that sorry yeah. to all my fellow or all my mennonites on the the call who are like are you taking shots at me yeah I well am. and that's that's so that's because that that's just so universal i mean you nailed it it's 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 just kind of christian culture right now and i think it's actually christian culture really kind of swirling with just culture culture sure. this i've i have to get me right before I can, before I can do anything, I gotta, I gotta think about me and, you know, it is very me centered, which is, which is kind of our current culture that we're living Mm in. Um, there's a, a, uh, so as, as interns, I I always take our interns, uh, first through, through a book called invitation to a journey. It's, it's the, the book we start with in our spiritual formation class and, uh, Robert Mulholland, uh, the author of the book, he, he, puts forward a definition of spiritual formation, what spiritual formation is. And his definition is, uh, for spiritual formation is a process. um, It's it's the process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. That's it. Yeah. And, and he kind of talks about how, you know, so many contemporary definitions of spiritual formation all, all have those first three points. Uh, but they always miss that that fourth point of for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. And when he goes into that chapter, uh, he he kind of wraps it up where you know the the process that we're on individually that God's leading on leading us on individually of individually being shaped into the image of Jesus actually only happens when we're also in tandemly uh, pursuing the good of others and, or all for the sake of others. Yeah. And, and so uh, the work that God is doing in us, like it, it's, it's just one of those things where it just seems like such a paradox and we can't really wrap our head around it, but it's, I, I want to believe that it's just, it's God's wisdom, shaming the wisdom of the world mm. uh, where it's like, okay, well, if you want to get right, then you actually have to start taking steps and caring for others. And in the process of worrying about others and yourself, yourself is kind of getting worked on by me as I'm working through you for the good of like, it's, it's such a, a kind of a trippy mind bend, but yeah, like it's, it's not at all this. I need to spend time in prayer 
get me right first. Let's get the kingdom of God inside of me first. But it's we'll we'll, we'll know, or it's more of the kingdom of God is is coming inside of us as we are also pursuing the kingdom of God out there in the world. Like it's yeah. it's happening at the same time. We can't wait for for the one before the other. Totally, dude. Okay, let's sign off. But before we do that, uh, if you were to give some like pretty practical resources for those on uh, the call who are interested in, in learning the call for those on the pod, <laughs> or listening to mm-hmm. the pod who are interested in learning a little bit more about prayer, uh, and maybe mm-hmm. prayers that relates to their expression of faith on on Sundays or in their personal life or corporately, what 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 direction would you point them? Yeah, I mean, uh, I got a couple of books here uh, just for that reason. One, I mean, if you're looking for like a really orthodox, um, it's really accessible, but it is also um, smart, if that like, makes sense. But yeah, it's really easy writing. It's Prayer by by Timothy Keller. Mm, um, good old Tim. Yeah, good old Tim Keller. Um, yeah, like he, he goes about prayer in just such a, such a calm, uh, intellectual, orthodox way, but in a way that it's it's connecting our our heads to our hearts. It's it's yeah. this invitation of of uh, I mean, as it says in in his kind of tagline here, experiencing awe and intimacy with God. Mm. Um, but he but he goes about it in a, in a very orthodox kind of church history uh, way, which was really foundational for me. Uh, also one, crazy note, yeah. this is total aside before you get to the next resource. I, yeah. I heard on a podcast that Tim Keller didn't start publishing books till he was 58 years old. No way, really. Isn't that bonkers, man? Yeah, he's, he's written so much in like such his a library, small time. Then. Rest in peace, Tim. But like his library yeah. was huge in like the last 20 wow. years of his life. Anyways, yeah, crazy. Uh, wow. Talk about so the humility of, of him, though. To not, yeah, to not publish. To, to not publish, then? yeah. Crazy. Wow. Anyways, Kate, next resource. What do we got? Um, next uh, is a C.S. Lewis book, just because I absolutely love C.S. Lewis, called Letters to Malcolm, Chiefly on Prayer. Uh, if you're familiar with his screw tape letters, um, it's kind of a similar uh, framework where it's it's these fictional correspondences to uh, his, I believe it's his nephew, Malcolm, uh, essentially talking about uh about prayer uh cool. really really good um another one that i'm i've been diving into uh that i'm really enjoying right now is called praying like monks living like fools by by tyler staten um he, so i think he's uh, he's a pastor in in portland i believe he's also one of the heads of 24 7 prayer uh in the u.s prayer just saturates this guy's life Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes about like he he really makes prayer accessible, but also uh, wonderful, if that makes sense. Like the the wonder that he instills um, his readers, I think, to 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 a life of prayer is incredible. Uh, it's also a really great book because after after each chapter, there's a bit of a practice section. So if you really mm-hmm. want to kind of put things into practice and need a bit of a guide this book is is awesome uh and then finally i've i've only started reading it um but it's philip yancey's book titled prayer mm-hmm. um it has just been uh yeah really great so looking forward to finishing that one 
Let's go. Okay. Uh, maybe before the, the podcast season is over, we got one more week, I think. Yeah, actually. we do. One more week before this season's over because the Sunday series will be over. Maybe we have to give something away. Uh, maybe that'll be next podcast. Who knows? Ooh, yeah, yeah. Next podcast is on giving. So, I mean, clearly we have to give something away. Uh, okay, Mike. <laughs> That's good, <laughs> thanks, yeah. <laughs> thanks for dialing in with us and uh, for yeah, sharing thanks. a bit more of your heart around the sermon on Sunday. Uh, grace and peace to you and grace and peace Thank to you. all of our listeners. We'll see you next week.